This is the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast, session number 366, Negative Suggestions That Work. Welcome to the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast with Jason Lynette, your professional resource for hypnosis training and outstanding business success. Here's your host, Jason Lynette. Welcome back to the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast, and today's episode is one that will inspire many of you, offend a few others, and I hope to challenge you all to think bigger and better about what we can do as hypnotists. How's that for an introduction? Which the whole idea, before we even get into the core material here, would be the idea that some people would say that the subconscious mind cannot process a negative suggestion. To which I have a very simple response to that. Prove it. I'll wait. And yes, I do challenge that from a slightly cynical direction, because let's call it out, that is one of those things that's often said, as if it's absolute fact, because that's what they heard their previous instructor say to them. And that's the only place I'm going to give it this kind of negative energy, yet it's where so many things are stated as absolute fact, which for some of what we do, we can't. Here's why. Point to your conscious mind. All right, now point to your subconscious mind. And I know I can't see you right now, but chances are you pointed to the wrong place. Because at the end of the day, conscious mind, subconscious mind, let me call something out. There are some people in our community that would say, never, ever, ever use those words. And again, as we like to say here, never, ever, ever use absolutes. Some people would immediately criticize another practitioner for using the phrasing of conscious or subconscious mind, yet let's call this out respectfully. These words are meant to be models. These words are meant to be representations. So as long as we're continuing a conversation in which we are agreeing that conscious mind and subconscious mind are logical constructs to describe a large number of working things, in which case, game on, use the words. But still, the subconscious mind cannot process a negative suggestion. This is where they would say you shouldn't ever say things like uh, non-smoker. You shouldn't say things like stop smoking. This is where you see some people go so far off the deep end. And yes, I know I can be one of them. I have a trademark on hypnotic language hacks. I could be one that often nerds out a little too much on linguistics. Yet at the same time, we've got to satisfy the conscious mind. At the same time, we've got to actually use some of the same words that the client is coming in for. So as a preview for where we're going inside of this week's episode, it would be the idea that it's okay to say stop smoking because, well, that's what the client wants. At the same time, we can use phrasing like lose weight because at the end of the day, both the conscious and I'd even argue the metaphorical construct that is the subconscious mind would agree in terms of what that actually means. And the inspiration for this week's episode, just to give you a little bit of backstory before we dive in, the inspiration was in one part a conversation with one of the graduates of our Work Smart Hypnosis Live training that we do. Uh, we got onto this topic about why it's okay to say things like stop smoking and lose weight, which I'll elaborate on here in a moment. Though at the same time, one of my favorite things in the world, not just in hypnosis, one of my favorite things in the world happened 
in a session that I did recently with a professional athlete. And I said this to him, and then I said, I'm going to have to make a podcast about this. I won't ever say your name or even the sport that you play, so no one can track it back to you. But I got to tell the story. Not that I'm going to reveal your private data. Can I talk about it? And he goes, oh, yeah, sure, go for it. Which was a use of a powerfully negative suggestion that really became the core of what he wanted to achieve. So stick with me in this solo episode this week. We're going to unpack negative suggestions that work. I'll give you examples for both hypnotherapeutic change as well as really set the stage based on an example that, yes, we could say might be stage hypnosis, yet really it's demonstrational hypnosis. And anyone who's ever been around me for anything business-related, you know that I say show is better than tell. So consider the demo I'm going to talk about here in a moment as a mechanism to help to inspire others to then become your clients. If what I'm about to talk about aligns with you, if you're brand new to hypnosis, or even if this is sharing a bit of a modern, up-to-date way of thinking about hypnosis and hypnotherapy and how to do change professionally with clients, hey, let's hang out. Uh, you can join us for the next Work Smart Hypnosis Live and online event. You can check out the details at worksmarthypnosis.com. Now, as a heads up, if you're listening to this episode as it just launches on March 23rd or 4th, as this episode comes out, we did just begin <laughs> the springtime Work Smart Hypnosis Live and online event. However, we don't always encourage this, yet very often people join starting with class number two. The pre-work is only specific from classes two onward. So either way, head over to WorkSmartHypnosisLive.com and see all the details, though in the back of your mind know there's always another event coming up. The next one's kicking off in September. Or hey, let's hang out in person. Richard Nongard joins me for the live and online training, and once again, we're teaming up at HypnoThoughts Live in Las Vegas coming up in July of 2022. And this is going to be happening. You can find all the details at VegasHypnosisTraining.com. So whether we hang out in person in Vegas and wear real pants, or whether we train online and practice online together with the online version at WorkSmartHypnosisLive.com and wear pajama pants or um, hopefully pants, uh, either way, check the show notes over at worksmarthypnosis.com forward slash 366 for all the links and details of these upcoming interactive events to help you to really supercharge your confidence, helping people create phenomenal change with both positive and negative suggestions and interactive change work. That's pretty damn cool if you ask me. So with that, let's dive into this week's episode. Here we go. Session number 366, Negative Suggestions That Work. Now, I think to really set the stage for this week's episode, I promised in advance an example of either stage hypnosis or demonstrational hypnosis. Do not put this technique into a category because if you're doing a demonstration, if you're giving a talk, again, show is better than tell. And this might be one of the things that I make use of in the shape of a demonstration to then draw a correlation as to this is how hypnosis can help you. Hey, if you have the ability to retrain your mind as if you've forgotten fill-in-the-blank problem, think about the changes that would create for you. That should have opened up a loop. Let me now close it. 
The example is the classic count your fingers, a number is missing, stage hypnosis, demonstrational hypnosis routine. And you might think I'm making a joke here, but I'm not. One time I was in the audience. It was like a, like a county fair or something. It wasn't at a hypnosis convention and someone was doing a stage hypnosis show. And he says, the person I'm tapping on the shoulder right now, when you open your eyes, something interesting will happen, which let's call out that beautiful structure. He just created a bit of anticipation. He activated the imagination and he did it beautifully in a cause and effect relationship. Now that I've praised him, now I can say the rest of what he did sucked <laughs> because here's what he did next. The opening. In a moment when you open your eyes, something interesting is going to happen. That part's good. The rest of this is garbage. Because when I have you count your fingers, it's going to be as if the number six has completely disappeared. When you count your fingers forwards or backwards, you're going to skip over the number six as if the number six was never even there at all. The number six has never existed. The number six will never exist again. Oh, that was a problem. <laughs> and no matter what I say, no matter what happens, while you're on stage with me, okay, now at least he's qualifying a timeline, while you're on stage with me, the number six will have vanished. You can probably already guess, because I can hear your uh, sly smile from all the way over here, even though I'm pre-recording this episode before it releases later this week. Because, clearly, as the volunteer opened up her eyes and started counting her fingers, there was... Um, a bit of a snarky, big smile on her face as she very loudly and proudly said the number six. And I would argue it was not a matter of depth of hypnosis because she was the rock star volunteer up until this moment of the program. The problem, though, was the way the suggestion was phrased. Because what did he do? He kept reminding her of the thing that wasn't going to be there. And what would be a better way to do that? Let me not tear that down without giving you an alternative. Let's start with his intro, which was beautiful, followed my favorite formula of cause and effect relationships and linking everything to the hypnotic process. What does that mean at the end of the session? And as you make these changes for yourself and as you're ready to step into this reality, that's when those eyes will open up. Everything in the process of hypnosis can become an asset. Everything in the experience of the session can become a reason why the change is occurring and we just compound the heck out of that thing even further. So here's an alternative. In a moment, when I ask you to open your eyes, something very interesting is going to happen because it's going to be as if the number six just takes a bit of a temporary vacation. We'll count, have you count your fingers from one to 10 and 10 back down to one and you're going to pass over that little missing spot as if there was never anything there to begin with. Maybe in your mind, it's becoming right now. Imagine, picture, think of this, whatever this means to you. Maybe it's instead like the numbers five and seven are just kind of squeezing together so tightly, comfortably together that there's just no room for anything to live between them. However you imagine this, as you count forwards or backwards or any other style of counting, that thing just kind of fades further and further away. You're not going to miss it at all. And not to worry, we're going to make sure you have it before you leave the stage this afternoon. If that sounds good, nod your head yes, so I know. Good. In fact, as you hear me speaking to these other people and giving them a few more special instructions, that thing, whatever it was, just fades away more and more. And there's a delivery of it, but take note of one specific thing. 
And the formula I'm going to share with you around this is that you still have to satisfy the conscious mind while you still give instructions to the subconscious mind. And again, before the diehards who hate the subconscious, unconscious, so forth <laughs> conversation, don't come at me with flaming torches and pitchforks, because again, let's agree, this is a metaphorical construct to explain nature of the mind, how the mind works. It's our best option right now. Give us 20 years, we'll have better options moving forward. But for now, I'm going to use the language of conscious mind, subconscious mind. So at least once I had to say the number six is going to be gone, which is important because let's say it politely, your session is going to be really, really stinking weird. If you're working with a client and all of your languages that now that you're a healthy, clean air breather, now that you find yourself completely free of that old, useless, unnecessary habit, which yes, those are good because clearly, can I call something out that let me use a slightly provocative word here without intending to be uh, dirty here. Some of the conversations around what's considered content-free hypnosis, at least one respect of it is a bit, can I say masturbatory in the sense that it doesn't have to be so content-free. Now, let me put a disclaimer up here. In a class, if I'm doing a demo with a student, then I'm going to often work in a content-free context of which I'll say, for this demonstration, does someone have a habit they would like to change in which the habit sometimes gets worse based on an emotional trigger? I don't need any more detail than that. If you can say yes to that, let's do the demo. And, and the reason I do this is because then we're not kind of opening up Pandora's box and revealing the deep, dark secrets of a student that you're now going to spend another five or six days in class with. Instead, though, I do this Yes, out of respect to the volunteer, but also to prove that one, we can still get the result, and two, I make sure the students then have a video of me doing that demonstration. And I mean, it's a full 35, 45-minute session if and when I do this, to which then I tell them, you'll have the video of this. Now go back and review it and imagine the beginning of that conversation with that person began the same way it always does with your client. You answer the phone, you call them back, you go through whatever mechanism to book the client, and you say, um, Jason's hypno-hut, uh, how can I hypno-you today? Don't, don't use that, that's not really professional, but let's just use that as the example. Uh, Jason's hypno-hut, how can I help you? And they respond, I want to quit smoking. Boom. We got content. I want to lose weight. Boom. We got content. I have a fear of content-free hypnosis. Boom. We've got content. <laughs> so I got to say it, the overwhelming majority of the time, okay, no, all the time, the client tells us the intended outcome they want to change. Now, yes, I do agree with the other side conversation of content-free hypnosis in which I don't need to have the entire backstory. You know, this is where I've said for years, give me the answers to four questions. I can work with you. How do you feel now? How would you rather feel? What are those things you're doing now? What are those things you'd rather be doing? Once we have those four questions, I got enough. I can work with you. Of course, the process will be better as I do a more thorough intake, of course. So let's draw the line. You know, yes, we can have the content as to what they'd like to work on, but no, we don't always need the content of the entire life backstory. 
that may seem like a diversion. That may have seemed like a sidebar. Yet that's important because this is part of the reason why. Title of this week's episode, Negative Suggestions That Work. I feel some people go a little too far off the deep end trying to go for absolutely clean language. Now, one part of this is, yes, a business conversation. Those of you that are members of my program, Hypnotic Business Systems, have seen that I published the full historical search data, the actual words that your potential clients are typing into the web to try to find you. And if you're not yet using the words that your clients are using, they're not going to find you. You're going to be the Bermuda Triangle of a hypnosis business because you think you're so clever calling it the hypnotic fat release program or the clean air breathing revolution. You laugh, but one time a student suggested that and I finally just said, look, stop smoking hypnosis is like the number one keyword people were typing into the web to find the Virginia hypnosis website. Call it what they call it. And then once they call you, reframe it during the sales process. But still, negative suggestions that work. The reason why we can still appropriately and effectively get results by saying things like, get rid of that fear of dogs, you know, overcome that fear of spiders, lose the weight, stop smoking, even this one I love, of now that you are a non-smoker. The reason that still works is because that is in the common vernacular of your client and they know what that means to them. Society, even nowadays where we have, you know, all airplanes, most every single restaurant, unless it's a cigar bar, <laughs> are completely non-smoking. So many hotels, my business when it was in Virginia, at one point I had this rush of clients of people who were coming in from the Pentagon just outside of Washington, D.C., and they could not get to the courtyard where they were allowed to smoke and they were coming to see me because they wanted to quit smoking because it was just no longer practical to smoke at work. And that's why they were in my office. Yes, we called the business Virginia Hypnosis back then. Almost called it Pentagon Parking Lot Hypnosis.com. Um, production team, don't put that in the show notes. That website doesn't exist. But hey, someone get it. Uh, why not? Because I had so many people who would go out to their car who worked at the Pentagon and would smoke there, but then also would then book their session with me online Zoom or Skype at the time. Um, and they do the session in their car, as long as it was parked and the keys were out of the ignition. You know, the routine. But again, these are the words your client is using. And because, here's the point, because they know what it means. It means that you can use it as well. Society has given us this archetype, this role of the non-smoker. Even before all the restaurants basically shut it out, what section do you want, smoking or non-smoking? Some hotels, some hotels, not necessarily the nicest ones, it turns out, uh, some hotels still have a smoking or non-smoking option. You know, so that's a role that society has created, and we as a community have agreed that is a thing that exists, and let's go so far as to play with a little bit of reframing. Where I live now in Orlando, Florida, is perfectly situated between two different major hospitals. If I turn out of my neighborhood and turn left, there's one hospital. If I go out of my neighborhood and turn right, 
and then turn right again, <laughs> there's another hospital there. So if I have any plans on accidentally injuring myself, I got options and my insurance will be accepted at both of them. Why am I talking about hospitals? Because chances are, even as this episode drops a few days from now, I bet you there's a newborn baby right now only a few hours old, if not minutes old, in that hospital. And you know what? That newborn baby currently is a non-smoker. Right? I mean, what's our definition of smoker and non-smoker? That newborn infant, this thing that's not even yet a toddler, hasn't even gone outdoors. That thing is a non-smoker. And, and it's the same way that, uh, let me credit Richard Nongard for this little bit of language, which is part of why I have been recently sharing the stage with him at our training events, whether it's WorkSmartHypnosisLive.com or the upcoming VegasHypnosisTraining.com. It's that in the experience of the session, he does something similar to what I do of creating a bit of a ritualistic moment where the client rids themselves of the final packs of cigarettes. And because in that moment they're breathing normal everyday air, because in that moment they no longer own cigarettes, in that moment they are a non-smoker. So it's no claim of miraculous instantaneous um, brainwashing that you walk out the office a non-smoker. You sign off from the session a non-smoker. Well, based on these definitions, similar to the newborn baby, you know, they're a non-smoker. Hey, even a person who smokes a pack a day becomes a non-smoker upwards of 20 or 21 times a day, basically filling in the gaps <laughs> outside of when they're not smoking the cigarettes and whatever the math works out to be. But again, the key thing is here, because we still have to satisfy the conscious mind. And that's the biggest takeaway I want you to have from this week's episode of a very simple concept that does bear itself for a bit more explanation. Satisfy the conscious mind. Let me give you another example of that. If you're the hypnotic age regression style hypnotist, and if you're the uh, sort of bring it back to the affect bridge style of bring up the emotion, follow the emotion back to an earlier time they felt that way, and suddenly they've come in for one set of goals, and now you're following the emotion to resolve the emotional, here come the air quotes, can you hear them? Initial sensitizing event. Did, did you hear those air quotes? Because again, even that's a model. Go back to any of the episodes that I've done with Melissa Tears, uh, especially the one where she talked about memory reconsolidation. We'll drop that in the show notes over at worksmarthypnosis.com forward slash 366. Or look at the fact that, again, let, let's not make this an episode about regression, <laughs> but it's to say that by following that emotion, I mean, here's a client that I uh, worked with years ago where it was a fear of flying and we followed the feeling of being trapped was the core emotion, it turned out. We followed that back to a time that her older brother locked her in the little um, Harry Potter uh, closet underneath the stairs and she couldn't get out. Now, because this is a concept that had been pointed out to me, but not yet simplified as in still satisfy the conscious mind, I knew in that session, in the future pacing aspect of it, the integration of the change, be there in that room now, you're watching, you're reporting, she's five years old, her brother has locked her in that room, how's she feeling now? Oh, she's annoyed, but it's not scaring her anymore. And the mistake people would make is to wrap up the session there. 
And instead, we've got to integrate the change and connect it to the intended result. And as you now watch that little five-year-old you grow up and go through the experiences you felt to be a challenge, you're watching your reporting. How's she feeling now? Oh, she's confident. She's proud. This is your client talking. I got to call it out. In my world, hypnotic age regression, yes, it is a really effective technique when it's used in the right ways at the right time. But at the end of the day, it's not the magical, here come the air quotes again, discovery of theoretical cause. It's not even for the uh, catharsis, as it was said, the uh, purgitation of the soul, back to, what was that, Aristotle's poetics, uh, is where the word catharsis was, I don't know if first introduced, but let's say popularized. You know, when you're hanging out with your friends, talking about Aristotle's poetics. Who's with me here? Stop, Jason, just keep teaching. Uh, but we still have to, so it's not the, you know, magic of the regression. It's not the catharsis. I got to call it out from my perspective of the world. It really is a construct in which you're now letting your client do direct suggestion and hypnosis on themselves. They're the ones who got themselves into that issue ultimately, which means they can be the one to get themselves out of it. And really, that's where I put the emphasis if I'm making use of regression. But again, this is about negative suggestions that work. This is about satisfying the conscious mind. This is where now, if I was in that session as I did, and now watch her, she's growing up. She's now on that airplane in that moment where you felt afraid. How does she feel now? And we got to, again, satisfy the conscious mind, imprint this new emotional state on top of that old issue. Which brings me now to the session with the professional athlete. So long story short of the first chunk of this. Use their words. Now, over time, though, um, find ways to say it less and less. That was the whole illustration with the whole number six routine when I saw it done badly. So it's where, you know, yes, at least a couple of times. As I did say at one point, the number six goes away. This is where you can now start to bring in, let's say, paraphrases, synonyms, uh, I, I, I tell my clients this, which would be, as we're in the session, you know, one of the older definitions of hypnosis was the bypassing of the critical elements of the conscious mind, which that doesn't mean the conscious mind is deleted away and you're going to wake up an hour and a half from now and go, what happened? I don't do that because that'd be creepy to people. <laughs> but instead, you're going to hear everything I do. And I've found we often can get a greater result if at times you're listening in advance for a few of the techniques I'm going to be using. I'll give you a preview. There's going to be a point about halfway through, perhaps, if not sooner, where I stop talking about the problem that brought you in the door. And there's a very simple reason why. You're not going to have that problem anymore. You know, if I work with kids, sometimes the parents are like, how can we help out? And the one thing I tell them is, stop reminding your kid of the problem they don't have anymore. Let your questions be more positively oriented rather than, hey, are you still afraid of uh, public speaking? Instead, ask more positive questions. Hey, what kind of confidence did you feel today in school? What did you enjoy today in school? I, I learned this the hard way from the mom who was the angel for helping her daughter become a less picky eater. Meanwhile, there's dad. I know you're a picky eater. You don't have to rush this. And instead, you know, mom was going, hey. Try what you like. If you don't finish it, the dog will eat it or your brothers will eat it. Not necessarily in that order, I hope. 
So it's where <laughs> now as you're taking back control of your health and your life, as we go deeper into this session, I want you to listen for the moment where I start talking more and more about the solution in the future you're creating, which further cements that old useless unnecessary thing in the past where it belongs. You know, here, here's a line to use in a session. Use it. Give me credit if you teach it. Letting today be a moment as if like graduation. Because and it's in a graduation that you've put in the work going to school for all those years so that then you graduate and then you don't have to go to school anymore, at least not for that subject. <laughs> so take this moment, and this may seem a little counterintuitive, thank yourself for successfully smoking for all these years because respectfully you wouldn't have done it if it hadn't have given you something. And as you take this moment to acknowledge it, that's what helps you to release any bit of shame or frustration that you've been holding on to for all these years and leave that thing in the past where it belongs. So that now, just like graduation, you put in all the work so you don't have to anymore. So that as you walk out that door, you begin to future pace, future pace, future pace. Put in specifics there based, of course, on what you've talked about. So it's where I, I tell my clients, listen for that moment, which amplifies that moment up even stronger. So that's how I get around the, you know, don't spend the entire session. A uh, client came to me one time and he worked with a nutritionist. The nutritionist spent the hour berating this man that uh, you shouldn't eat chocolate. Really, I, I know it's, it's a slightly healthier sweet, but you really shouldn't eat all that chocolate. If you're eating chocolate every single day, can you guess the end of the story? I asked him, how did that go? He goes, as much as that man talked about chocolate, I really wanted someone, someone I left. So again, you got to satisfy the conscious mind, but then the formula is, and you'll get more details of this if you join us in one of our events, distance and dissociate. Now that you've let go of that thing, now I can use that sort of dissociative distance language because now we have a context that's in place. To bring this to the close here, stick with me another seven or eight minutes here, because let's now talk about negative suggestions from your client. Now, I want you to hear this very carefully. This is where my clients fill out a brief intake form. What are your goals of the session? What do you want to experience being different? Let's say a month from now, a year from now, five years from now. And my intake process is mostly a conversation based upon that with a ton of chunking up and chunking down. Those of you that have hypnotic workers, uh, which that's the digital only training, Work Smart Live or Vegas Hypnosis Training, is more the interactive side. But those of you that have access to hypnotic workers, if you haven't yet seen it, go watch go watch the work smart intake. The quality of the process you do is directly proportionate to the quality of change and the quality of the intake you do with your client. Listen to their words. Listen to what they say. And as much as I teach in that intake process, very often the clients will talk about what they don't want on the form, which is not necessarily a good thing or a bad thing. It's just a thing that people do. And instead, it's kind of the, 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 the toehold, like a rock climber, to then ask better questions to chunk up, go into bigger value-based ideas, or chunk down, get into specifics as to exactly what that means. That's like a 30,000-foot like view of a chunking up, chunking down intake lesson there. So then very often they'll say, not smoking. Okay, that is a negative suggestion. 
and to which I become a little bit playful. Okay, so it's pretty clear what you don't want because, well, you paid me all this money to work with me for this goal <laughs> and you filled out these forms and you said that. So now that that's going to be behind you, what do you want to experience instead? Or sometimes I can, you know, metaphorically paint the picture and get better answers. Fast forward the story, it's five years from now, and no, it's not that it's going to take you five years to quit smoking. It's instead, you've had five years of success, five years with this thing long gone. What are those positive things you're going to be noticing that are going to, that are going to ratify? You've done it, you're done, it's over. You know, now I'm getting more specific stuff. So yes, 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 we want to go away from negative suggestions during the intake because it's a lot easier to suggest where they're going as opposed to remind them of the thing that clearly is currently a problem. Number six goes away. The number six goes away. Remember that? Here's the exception. And I might have a personal bias for this because this is one of my personal fascinations this is one of my uh, guilty pleasures. <laughs> this is something that when it pops up, I nerd the hell out because I love it. And it's where if some of you joined us, we did a little while ago, we'll put a link to this in the show notes because it's now available as a on-demand event. Uh, back in February, I did a three-day event where I basically taught my Work Smart Business book in a matter of four hours and then did an interactive Q&A and just the feedback was phenomenal from this event. We'll put a link to that in the show notes for this episode, which I keep reminding you is worksmarthypnosis.com forward slash 366. I bring that, that book event up because when I did the chapter of the book, Work Smart Business, where I talk about this as a concept, the interaction in the chat went crazy in an extremely positive way. Negative suggestions that work. It's the time that a client came in, and I've got two examples of this. One of them was that he owned a business and he had a company ready to buy his business. Under the agreement, he would restructure the organization of the business so that as they bought it, they could then turn it into a franchise and then pay him a license fee the rest of his life. Uh, this man succeeded at this, by the way, and he now is worth, uh, how much was it last I checked? All the money. This was a gorgeous deal. And he was having a bit of a conflict. He was procrastinating getting that done. So I worked with him to resolve whatever was blocking this business restructuring. And I'm only now realizing maybe I should have charged a percentage of licensing, but uh, I charged my regular fees. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and it's where he said, for me to be successful at this, the timing is perfect. He had some family stuff that was going on, which was all very positive. His wife was working on the other side of the world for her work for a series of three months, which kind of gave him like a three month window to just to stick his head down in a hole and just briefly, his words, positively become a workaholic <laughs> and just get the job done, which yes, a-holic is usually a dangerous extension. But he used modifying language, now didn't he? Positively become a workaholic for this brief period of time. Are you picking up now that we've already planted seeds for the lesson here, back in the number six example? While you're on stage with me, this thing goes away. Which builds the indirect suggestion, when they go back to the audience, it's going to come back no matter what. 
So this man gave himself what others would claim to be a negative suggestion to positively become a workaholic for the next three months. Well, the timing was right, and it's where we just compounded the hell out of that concept in that session. I threw in a few little safety mechanisms, of course, uh, <laughs> doing everything to protect your biology along the way, uh, eating right, drinking right, moving right, feeling right, which is kind of my go-to phrasing for standard hypnotic weight loss, keeping mindful of all these things, uh, scheduling time for activities beyond this, yet the moment you sit down, the moment you begin the workday, you find this energy rising up throughout you of becoming positively a workaholic for the next three months. That's what he asked for. That's what I gave him. Here's a client that uh, honestly was the one that when he said this in session, I wrote it down and circled it, not so I could use it in the, uh, in the session myself, but instead because I went, oh, I like that. I'm going to do that. The client said, you know what? I've been working on losing the same last 30 or 40 pounds of body fat for the last 10 years. I think instead of working on losing the fat, I need to work on creating the body I want instead, which I did some research. This is the client talking. I did some research and it turns out by comparison, fat loss is easy and muscle gain is slow and tedious. And if that's the case, let me focus all of my attention on eating in a way to build lean muscle mass and getting stronger, and by accident, I'll lose weight. Let me put my intention on the outcome, and instead, that will let the problem fade away on its own. And I'm like, damn, that sounds good. <laughs> what he said next was the icing on the cake, though clearly he was no longer having icing on his cake. What he said next was, and based on the fact that it really requires a lot of tracking and meticulous detail of my lifting and really being committed to doing the same program every single week for several months to really be able to measure the results. I think I need to become, get this, responsibly addicted to this weightlifting and this eating pattern. To which at the end of the day, everything he was doing, uh, side note, doctor already approved him because he had a history of a back injury many years ago. Doctor goes, oh, yeah, you're, you're good. Probably said that in more um, professional doctor terms. And it's where we layered in that phrasing. That was a negative suggestion and damn, it worked for him and it absolutely worked for me. And along the way, let's throw in the safety net, you know, being mindful to keep balance in your life, protecting your biology, uh, becoming deeply fascinated in the specific uh, momentum and technique of these lifts to do them properly and safely, listening to the signals of your body in a way that now if something needs attention, you'll know it immediately and reach out for appropriate care, whether it's your doctor or perhaps even working briefly with a personal trainer to perfect your form. You know, I, I threw in the safety nets, yet ultimate conversation begins in the client's words. Gotta satisfy the conscious mind. So to tie this episode all together, let's talk about the athlete I worked with this past week who said, I feel like I'm losing my edge sometimes. I used to be really angry when I was playing and I had a chip on my shoulder. To which the majority of you out there would hear that and think, we got to resolve that. Though I have to take a step off to the side and raise a counter opinion. 
is perhaps that feeling the reason why he's the professional and he does and he performs to the best of his abilities. Well, I asked him that as a question. When in doubt, ask. It's a very important formula. And I could sense this bit of an epiphany that, yeah, I've become comfortable. And we got off into a topic of, you know, different athletes over the years that you hear stories of exactly what their pregame ritual is what they do to kind of psych themselves up into the game. And this turns out to be a bit of a consistent theme. Now, you probably can already figure out some of the, as we can now call them, safety net suggestions of letting that appropriately fade away the moment the game is over. And in such a way that just like exercise, I drew a correlation, uh, just like an exercise, it's the period of rest and recovery in which the strength is created. Muscles are not created in the gym. Muscles are broken down in the gym. It's the period of proper nutrition and rest in which the body is going through a process of modern day evolution to then be aware that, hey, I might have to lift this heavy thing again. Let me use some of this protein and these amino acids and these other nutritional elements to rebuild the muscle back in a larger, stronger way. Make the engine bigger is what the strength world often says around that. So what did I do there? I used his model of the world. I used his negative suggestions right back at him, but also created a better sense of balance to properly maintain it so it doesn't get out of control, but also create the mechanism that when the feeling is not there, here's when it's not there. But at the same time, at the same time, allow yourself to let it grow stronger because now it's been charged up like a battery and it's ready to go again. It's why the lift might have seemed a little heavier in the gym this week, but next week, because of what they call supercompensation in uh, hypertrophy training, I'm nerding out here on all sorts of other technologies. <laughs> it's what they call supercompensation. It's where the body's now ready for running that bigger distance, lifting that bigger weight. You get the idea here. Remember that I also told you about sometimes I call my shot in the middle of the session. It's where I felt the need, and I've done this before, so it's not specific to this individual. I felt the need to kind of take a moment and explore that feeling. And I told him there's something we're going to probably do in the session. It might only take two or three minutes. And it's going to be something you're going to keep entirely to yourself, which think of it like a birthday wish because you're not gonna tell me about it, it's probably gonna make it work better for you. <laughs> Sound good. And I laugh, I smile, he laughs, and he smiles, but I've got a hypnotic contract now. And the moment basically was, because you're gonna hear a moment where up until now, you've labeled that feeling as a thing. And I'm gonna help you educate yourself on exactly what that thing is. And we're gonna do it in a way that's gonna make it even stronger and make you feel better about that. Is it okay if we do that? He says, yes. Do you see how, by the way, I do a lot of pre-talks, not just a classic hypnotic pre-talk. I am screening my techniques off of my client before the session even begins. That's a big shift that I've put into our trainings because it's what I've been doing with my clients. And it's part of why I'm convinced I'm seeing some of the best results. I'm going into the session in full agreement with the client that here's what we're about to do and here's why it's going to work. I wanted to share this with you as a bit of a softener because some of the language I got into was 
notice that you can now perhaps like a rope that's been tied into a knot begin to unravel only temporarily that feeling you used to label as anger or a chip on your shoulder. And in the privacy of your own mind, become aware of the fact that as we're creating goals, this is an oversimplification of the world, but we're often moving toward pleasure or we're moving away from pain. So take a moment privately to yourself and just listen to your own thoughts as you become aware of the sensations, the sounds, the feelings, everything that has to do with that anger, with that chip on your shoulder, and just listen to your own inner mind. What is that feeling moving you toward? In this case, it might be a better contract, in which case it might be better celebration of how well you play. It may be a continuation of your incredible career. There's toward pleasure, but there's also away from pain. And I don't know your entire life story, but you sure do. And just take this brief moment to yourself and become aware of what that feeling is perhaps moving you away from. And even before you ever let any emotions attached to memories and experiences that even I wouldn't know to suggest that may be popping into your mind now, take this moment and just embrace the idea that from this point forward, you can let those things become neither good things or bad things, just simply things. The way that there are some people who become more responsible with money because perhaps their parents were not responsible with money. And it's where someone could choose, choose to hold on to anger and frustration around that. But at the end of the day, their family members' poor financial skills became an incredible asset for them to learn why it was so important to be financially independent and not just have the lesson, but also inspire the actions. So the fact that you're here today means that you already are at the height of your game, already are playing to the best of your abilities, already are this rock star in your sport. And because of that, as if you've got like a control dial in front of you, you can just dial down any feelings of sadness, regret, remorse, or any of that mess. And just kind of view these old experiences that you're looking to move away from now with every game that you play. And by doing so, acknowledge them as assets, things that exist that now help you to grow stronger. Take this Take this brief moment to yourself, and as you yourself can release any unnecessary negativity around these old stories that are in the past already and just don't need to be carried around as much, but instead can perhaps channel that old energy now into something positive that fuels that chip on that shoulder, that activates that appropriate anger in your game. As you do that cleaning up for yourself, and as you realize, this is going to make that feeling you're here to create even stronger. Take as much time as you need. Nod your head yes, as you've done that for yourself. So play with that. So whenever you hear someone now say, negative suggestions don't work, just remind them, hey, Jason Lynette recorded an episode that he thought was going to be 20 minutes, but turn it into an entire masterclass on hypnotic tonality, uh, hypnotic suggestion, pacing and leading, uh, negative suggestions used appropriately, and at least we're going to wrap up, I believe, under uh, 50 minutes here. Uh, share this one. 
Let me know your feedback on it. Tell me your own stories in terms of how you've put this into use. If you want more like this, join us in one of our upcoming classes or inside of the Hypnotic Workers Program. Get out there and really own and uh, empower some negative suggestions. Jason Lynette here once again, and as always, thank you so much for interacting with this program, for using this stuff in your sessions, sharing it with your fellow hypnotic communities, whether it's Facebook groups or direct messages with other people, or hey, letting this become the reason you decide to hang out with us more and learn even cooler stuff and, um, you know, give each other some negative suggestions. You can check the show notes at worksmarthypnosis.com forward slash 366. That'll bring you to the show notes of this episode to find resources like the uh, either just launched WorksmartHypnosisLive.com event or message me privately or wait a week. We'll have the next event scheduled and announced pretty soon for early September. Or hey, let's hang out in Vegas prior to HypnoThoughts Live. That's at VegasHypnosisTraining.com. That's where you can find the details for the prior to HypnoThoughts Live event. Both of those events are both me and Richard Nongard, or if perhaps if more just learn at your own pace, digital learning is your style. That's what I've mentioned already, hypnoticworkers.com, on-demand access, lifetime after a brief payment plan if you like, and uh, we can interact inside of our private communities there. Thanks for listening. Um, thanks for being uh, patient. We had a couple of uh, hiccups in terms of scheduling and uh, saw it as a good reason to take a week or two off, which... Um, we can say it's a negative suggestion that we skipped a few weeks. Then again, in all my years of podcasting, this will be eight years coming up uh, in a few months of doing this program. I only recently listened to someone else's show who said, hey, we're back from our summer break and uh, we're here for season number three of this program. And then I seriously thought to myself, wait, that's an option. We've been like every Thursday for nearly eight years now. Uh, so I guess because we took a break around episode 20 or 30, we took a break now. I guess we can now say eight years in, this is season number three. That works for you. Use it. If not, hit subscribe. Share this everywhere. Join us in one of our events. Get out there. We help people. And yes, indeed, make it rain. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the Work Smart Hypnosis podcast at worksmarthypnosis.com.